and we drafted a Caden Stearns. We drafted um, a Passer Tan, a Javante, a Baron Browning, a Quinn Miners. Those guys are all in their rookie years and were massive contributors to the Broncos. Can we do something like that this year with only six picks? Like, we really have to hit on our draft picks, and we really need to trade at least one or two veterans to recoup capital and then hit on those picks. Welcome back to another episode of the Broncos Avenue Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Amir Farrell, with a guest on today's show. As you guys can tell, we have Aiden Diaz, host of the Broncos Talk Podcast, also a host of uh, Chicago, Illinois, one of the best cities in the world, like myself. Um, great to have you back, or great to have you on the show today. Um, how are you doing, man, before we go ahead and jump into uh, all the topics we got lined up? Oh, man, I am doing very, very well. Um, I'm excited for this uh, AFC slash NFC championship route, even though our Broncos aren't in it. I think that there's a lot of studying that uh, we Broncos fans can do in terms of, you know, maybe possible free agent acquisitions, players, and, you know, all the stuff that we're going to talk about on today's show. But thank you so much for having me, man. I'm glad to be here. Of course, really excited for it. Uh, we got first the news um, everybody knows about. Two days ago, the Los Angeles Chargers made a massive hire, acquiring uh, Jim Harbaugh from the Michigan uh, Wolverines from college. They uh, go ahead and make a big-time hire with Jim Harbaugh. Uh, the AFC West now has uh, um, Andy Reid, Antonio Pierce, Sean Payton, and Jim Harbaugh. What does this uh, acquisition mean to you, this hire mean to you? And uh, what what does uh, Jim Harbaugh bring into uh, the AFC West competition? You know what? I, I'm a little bit disappointed because if you guys remember, we had the uh, Harbaugh Bowl back in 2012 uh, for the Super Bowl, and that was one of the best Super Bowl matchups that I've seen. Yeah. And unfortunately, we're not going to get that now we're going to get some hardball games but they're not going to be uh you know super bowl caliber so i am a little bit disappointed on that front i really thought that he was probably going to take the uh either the falcons job or if he really really wanted to challenge and literally build a team from the ground up uh the before the panthers made their acquisition so uh unfortunately it's the chargers i'm but then again i mean obviously somebody had to do it uh but you know what? This kind of reminds me of where we were two years ago when Russell Wilson was named, uh, was acquired from the Seahawks. And then so we're going to have all this hype going forward where uh, but instead of the quarterbacks, it's not good. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply to be concentrated on the head coaches so now it's a wild wild west of sorts with head coaching instead of the quarterbacks you know now you got harbaugh now you got uh if the andy reed retirement true uh rumors aren't true andy reed uh antonio pierce now with the raiders contractually and and sean payton so now it's like this rubik's cube in the afc west of who can out coach who who can do better with 
with what. Now, obviously, for Harbaugh, he's got a little bit of a rougher uh, stretch going forward because there's a lot of uh, discombobulation still with the Chargers. They got salary cap space to figure out. They still have to name their GM. Uh, Harbaugh still has to find out if Justin Herbert is his guy or if the Chargers decide to go a whole different. I mean, they still got a lot of questions to go answer. So next year may not go as planned for them, kind of like it happened with the Broncos when uh, Sean Payton came and, you know, still trying to figure out if Russell Wilson can be his guy. Mm -hmm. But Harbaugh, seeing as what he did in Michigan recently, uh, he gives them the best chance to be competitive and, you know, be that team. Now, can they, you know, go to toe with a team like the, the Kansas City Chiefs currently? Maybe, maybe not. The, the jury's still out on that. But I kind of something to take what Russell Wilson said at his press conference when he first became a Bronco was, you, you know, uh, he he didn't come. He didn't want to come to a division where, you know, it's kind of like an easy win. He wanted to be competitive. He wanted to play with the best of the best. And that's exactly what I think Harbaugh is going to bring. You know, he's, he's going to go up, like, like I said, against Reed uh, Pierce. We're, we're still going to see what he can do in a full year. And I'm pretty sure Sean Payne still has a couple of tricks up his sleeve we, have, we haven't seen yet. Yeah, it's, it's going to be tough competition. Uh, my instant thoughts when about the hire, I mean, player development, you know, always when there's a hire in the AFC West, I think about how the Broncos have to step up their game. And you talk about player development, you talk about scouting, you talk about because what Jim Harbaugh is going to bring is he's going to bring his own philosophy where a lot of people, it's going to attract a lot of new names within the Chargers organization. Um, you're gonna see, obviously, uh, they Kellen Moore is over there, but you're gonna see, you know, really, really, really good uh, defensive coordinator probably lured over to the Los Angeles Chargers. And um, we're gonna see players probably want to go over there more often. Like the Broncos have to step up their game, obviously, from a player development standpoint. Um, their players are gonna be rallying behind Jim Harbaugh just because what you saw in Michigan, even through all the the scandal and what whatnot, what you want to call it with Michigan, players still rally behind him, and they they know what you know the stature of of a head coach he is and they obviously went out to win national championships so um and you look at his pedigree in the nfl man he went i believe it was like 44 19 three championship appearances a super bowl appearance i mean in only four years like that's ridiculous that's ridiculous i know it was a long time ago but um I, in my opinion he's only gotten better as a coach so um to reload in college and then come to a, a franchise like the Chargers where the quarterback position is already kind of settled. Um, and then you have uh, you have work to do, like you mentioned, across the defense and uh, the offensive line and everything. But I think I don't know. I looked at this as the Broncos. They need to step up their game because as all as you know, Broncos fans can always say the Chargers are always going to charge her. The, the Chargers have Jim Harbaugh now, one of the best head coach candidates we've seen in recent time. Yeah, and I totally agree. And this is not one of those things where, uh, you know, the Broncos can be confident going into next season and say, hey, just because we swept the Chargers in 2023, that the Broncos can sweep them going, you know, again next year. It is going to be a whole different challenge. It's going to be uh, a, another bar set when they play each other twice next year. I personally look forward to it because it's going to help. It's going to make, it's going to have to make the Broncos play tougher. It's going to have to force the offense to play better, you know, have forced the defense to be better. And the one thing the Broncos cannot do going into 2024 is they cannot be back in the bottom of the basement. You know, it's already bad enough that they got swept by the Raiders. They were lucky enough to split one with the Chiefs, you know, and that in itself was almost like our Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we were celebrating it that way. So, Harbaugh is going to definitely bring some, unex um, I don't know if unexpected is the right word, but he's just going to bring something different. 
And I just hope that it doesn't catch the Broncos by surprise. So because we as fans, we don't want to say that we didn't see it coming where most of us, as soon as we heard that Harbaugh was coming to L.A., uh, you know, it, it can't be surprising. So in one way, I'm excited for it because I'm, I'm pretty sure it's going to make the AFC more competitive, AFC West. On the other hand, it's like, man, can the Broncos, if the Broncos decide not to draft and not to sign anybody free agency because they're cap limited or whatever, if they die, uh, try to save money, or if the uh, draft picks that they do don't hit right away, what kind of position is it going to be? And, you know, whose fire is going to get, who's, who sees going to get it under fire, you know, when in terms of uh, trying to play in the blame game? <laughs> yeah. Um, I mentioned Kellen Moore for their offensive coordinator. Uh, perfect timing. Mike Garofalo just came out. Uh, that the Buccaneers will interview Chargers for the same position. Uh, Moore is also interviewing with the Browns for that same positions, uh, same position, and the Eagles have already talked to him for that same position. So it looks like Harbaugh is looking to rebuild that entire staff. So um, no more Kellen Moore uh, in the AFC West. Um, be looking like they're going to completely look like a brand new team. I'm not saying that they're going to be, you know, amazing right off the bat. I agree with you. I think it's going to take a bridge year where they can really jump into that like 11 and six, maybe uh, win total range. But um, we'll, we'll see, man. It, mm -hmm. I I agree with you in the sense that it's really, really um, exciting for a Sean Payne, Jim Harbaugh matchup twice a year. Obviously, we get uh, Sean Payne, Andy Reid twice a year, and Antonio Pierce looks like uh, looks to be a really uh, underrated coach over there in uh, Vegas. So um, I'm excited for those, uh, those three matchups um, every single season. Uh, next, I want to talk about, we talk about the Broncos needing to adjust their roster. I, something that's kind of sat back in my mind for the last few weeks, watching the playoffs. Um, you, you look at a lot of the youngest teams in football. I mean, what do you think the Bron do you think the Broncos need to embrace youth to return to prominence, I guess you could say. I mean, you look at the, the top 10, top 15, even top 16 youngest rosters in the NFL heading into 2023. The Packers are number one. They won a playoff game. The Rams were number two at 20, average 25.3 years old. They ended up, they nearly knocked off the Lions, and the Lions are about to play in the NFC Championship game. Mm -hmm. um, next, you got um, the Chiefs at number seven, believe it or not. One of the youngest teams in the NFL. They're obviously playing the AFC Championship game. You have the Buccaneers at number eight. They they won a playoff game. Um, you got the Lions at number eleven. You got the Dolphins at number thirteen. You got the Cowboys at fourteen. You got the Ravens at sixteen. Like that's a lot of teams in the top half of the NFL in age that are that made you know at least one one playoff game this season. So, do you think the Broncos kind of need to take on this idea of getting younger and rebuilding the roster a little bit to get in competition with these other teams? Um, and what what are you kind of looking for when you if if you do believe the Broncos should rebuild their roster? Like, what are you kind of looking for in terms of uh, you know intangibles by these by these players? You know what? With any sport, whether it's football or basketball or baseball, well, maybe not so much baseball, but basketball and football, I I want to say, getting youth is a beautiful thing because you get uh, a you get a player that's really really fast or that can do incredible things and it like it'll surprise you as the season goes along however we've seen in this league and not just with broncos players alike but the one thing like the con about youth is you know the mistakes the things you don't see at uh, at the combine the things you don't see in the college tape you know it's things that you see when they go out there and hit the field, you know, let you know, for, for Mims, for example, you know, his rookie year, he's one of the best uh, punt returners the Broncos have had in a really long time in one aspect. On the other one, he had a lot of muffed, uh, muffed punt catches. 
you know, and that's obviously you can chalk that up to uh, being a rookie. So youth for any football team is a great thing. And I think the Broncos could definitely benefit from it. But I don't know if going full youth would be the right move because you also want to have some type of uh, veterancy there. So, you know, so a guy like Corlin Sutton would definitely benefit in terms of training any new wide receivers that are going to come into the league, whether they're free agent acquisitions or whether they get drafted from uh, during the draft. So you kind of want to have your mix, maybe not 50, 50 per se. You can have a little bit more of youth and, you know, some veterancy just to kind of, you know, try to balance it as best as you can, but definitely, definitely. Uh, unfortunately I hate to really say it. And I've talked to a couple of close friends of mine um, about it that, you know, Jerry Judy, was a big, big letdown. You know, obviously we see what CeeDee Lamb has done with Dallas and all of the amazing season he ha he's had over there. Not so much the playoff game that they lost to against the Packers. But uh, I think it was you who I read that uh, supposedly Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy might be on the trading block mm -hmm. uh, during free agency. And if I had to guess, if that were actually true and it does happen, I think that the Broncos would probably deal out Jerry Judy just for the simple fact that they would probably more than likely draft another wide receiver and then pair him up with Corlin Sutton. Yes, Corlin Sutton had an, a really amazing season as well. He also did have a lot of fumbled catches and you know turnovers, but you can say that about almost any wide receiver. Um, but I would probably think that the Broncos would more than likely stay with Corlin Sutton uh, over Jerry Judy, just for the simple fact that they can get more trade value out of him if they were to uh, go that route but to answer your question yes i definitely do think that the broncos do need to go uh a, do a bit of a youth movement like i said not entire like entire all new because you don't want to have all rookies because then it's kind of like you're really starting from scratch and you could be looking at a maybe not the best of year or seasons but granted what sean payton has done with this team compared to 2022 you know five and 12 to uh what do we finish eight and nine that's yeah. a that's an improvement in itself <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I, I fall more on the side of I think Corlin Sutton's more likely to get traded. A lot of people think I'm crazy for that. Just you look at the version of the West Coast offense Sean Payton runs. It relies a lot on timing and rhythm routes by your receivers, and I I, I just don't see that a lot out of Corlin Sutton. Look, he had a really good season, and I'm on the I'm on the boat. I want them both to stay, but it looks like from the reports we're seeing, Mike Kliss might be hinting at the possibility the Broncos do finally want to trade one of these guys. He could be just saying that just because someone in the Broncos front office relayed this information to him to in an effort to raise the trade value and make it known to the NFL that, hey, our two guys are back on the trade block. Come, you know, come battle it out for him. But mm -hmm. I I don't know. Me personally, I think Corlin Sun's more more um, just because of the, the contract. I know it's about the same if you trade both of them, um, but I feel like the return value for Corlin Sun, you could get like a third or maybe a late second round pick for Corlin Sun. With Jared Judy at this point, I don't see his trade value being any higher than like a fourth round pick. And my opinion, mm -hmm. um, I just just because of the season Corlin Sun had last year, he established himself as, in my opinion, the best red zone threat in football. Um, I, I just don't know if the what Sean Payton wants it as next quarterback, that point guard type of quarterback is going to always rely on ca contested catch, uh, you know, situations like Corlin Sutton did in 2023. And you see the social media stuff by Corlin Sutton 
We're not really seeing that by Jerry Judy. I don't know. I just be personally, I think Corlin Sun's more likely to get traded just from like a schematic standpoint. Um, I, I I don't know. That's just what I see it as. Um, in terms of the youth movement for the Broncos, I've been preaching for it since the the trade deadline this last season. I've I've wanted the Broncos to get younger, and we talk so much about rebuild. Didn't Sean Payne kind of do that a little bit in season by releasing a Randy Gregory, releasing a Frank Clark, releasing a Cream Jackson, releasing a Sang Bassey? Like, and now we're going to be getting rid of a Russell Wilson, which, by the way, the cap ramifications of the Russell Wilson release will force us to get rid of at least a few veterans like a Corlin Sutton, um, a Garrett Bowles, which I don't think will happen. But you, you list all these vets, we're going to have to get rid of some of them because of the Russell Wilson release. So I think at this point, it's inevitable. I think Sean Payton is going to be forced to do that. My next question for you, do you think Sean Payton is like the right coach for a rebuild here in Denver? Obviously, he wants to win football games. That's what Greg Penner and this ownership hired him to do, that every every NFL head coach wants to win football games. But do you think he's like the guy to have the type of patience to bring in a rookie quarterback and to coach a lot of young players and rally them to the playoffs like we've seen um, a Packers team do with Matt LaFleur or Sean McVay do with the Rams? You know what? So far, he's done one of two things he set out to do. He improved the Broncos record, as I stated in my previous comment, which, you know, 5-12, and 8-9, big improvement. Broncos just slightly, slightly missed the, the playoff picture window, but that can be attributed to a whole bunch of different factors from your quarterback to your offense to your defense to coaching. Everybody's got a hand in that pie. However, with Sean Payton, it's I don't think Sean Payton's ever we've never seen that because when we look at when he took over the Saints, he didn't technically draft Drew Brees. He picked up yeah. Drew Brees off of the Chargers. You know, gotta, people have to remember that Drew Brees was sitting in the shadow of Phillip Rivers, and Phillip Rivers was looking like uh, the best quarterback that the Chargers have ever had, not named Brian Leaf. So, you know, he literally just took them off of his hands and he helped build Drew Brees into a future Hall of Fame quarterback. So my thing is, I think that the Broncos organization or our new owners, you have to remember that it's not just one person. It's like a group of what is it? Five people. And only one of them has like the final say in terms of business operations and deals and whatnot. So I feel that this one person saw or thinks that Sean Payton can do can replicate what he did when he took over New Orleans which is uh, maybe not so much in picking Drew, uh, Russell Wilson from another team, but trying to turn Russell Wilson into uh, that quarterback that Broncos front office and everybody in Broncos country, for that matter, were expected him to be when he first came to Denver from Seattle. So I think that Sean Payton can do it. Uh, he just kind of has to well, he's done a better job of, you know, addressing the media and not putting his foot in his mouth like he did at the beginning of the season because that looked like it was going to be a horror show in terms of, you know, uh, how to address uh, losses and not always uh, – I don't even know if he actually – I didn't see all the press conferences, but uh, I've seen all the ones that made uh, national media attention. But I have faith in Sean Payton. And, you know, I give him credit because it was a Cinderella year and he was able to do one of two things. Now, if the exact same thing happens next year where, let's say, the Broncos' record improves slightly, not double-digit-wise, and the Broncos miss the playoffs again, then I'm going to have a real issue in terms of where uh, Sean Payne's direction is going and if it's actually beneficial and living up to all the money that the uh, ownership has been uh, assigned him uh, to do.
Yeah, and I want to jump back a little bit to what you said early on about like kind of um, embracing a rebuild a little bit, but not doing it so much. Like, I don't know. To me, the thing with the Rams, the way they did it was so good. And they they know that they have a Sean McVay. They had a Raheem Morris, who obviously just got hired uh, by the Falcons for the head coaching position. Like they mm-hmm. had two really, really, really good offensive and defensive minds that were able to rally the second youngest roster in football and bring them to a near playoff win against the Detroit Lions. Like on the road and especially that to me is something I'm kind of expecting out of Sean Payton and this staff and um, Vance Joseph as well. He signs are pointing to him coming back. It's not official yet, but Hey, Mike Rabel uh, looks like he's not going to get a head coaching job. So maybe the Broncos could poke around there. You never know. And big Bill, Bill Belichick. I wrote about that for predominantly orange as well. Doesn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't seem too realistic, but it's a possibility. Certainly um, him and Peyton have a lot of respect for each other. Just to me, I look back to the Broncos in 2021 as well. When we drafted a Caden Stearns, we drafted um, a Passertan, a Javante, a Baron Browning, a Quinn Miners. Those guys are all in their rookie years and were massive contributors to the Broncos. Can we do something like that this year with only six picks? Like, we really have to hit on our draft picks, and we really need to trade at least one or two veterans to recoup capital and then hit on those picks. Like, Sean Payton, George Payton need to have massive drafts. The coaching staff, they need to take a below average roster probably like I'm just being honest like this roster isn't up there with the Ravens a Texans like these other teams like we need to take a below average roster to average borderline roster and bring them to the playoffs and especially with moving on from Russell Wilson it's going to be even a bigger task for Sean Payton who has roster control offensive play calling abilities and is a overseeing the defense a little bit too. also take maybe a rookie quarterback or a bridge quarterback and try to reel them to the playoffs. Like, I think we need to sit back and realize like how difficult of a job it is for Sean paid. But to be fair, that's what we traded the draft capital for. So, Mm -hmm. and you know what? And I've actually talked to a couple of people who thought I was nuts when I told them my take on Sean paid. And I said, well, you know what? I'll give you a perfect example because a lot of people think that if you put a, a veteran a head coach with a, a young rookie quarterback, that it's going to be automatic sparks and the team is going to take off. And people have to realize that in some aspects it works and in other aspects it doesn't. Like you just said, D'Amico Ryans and CJ Stroud, beautiful tandem. They went all the way to the playoffs. Frank Reich and, and Bryce uh, Young, Carolina yeah. Panthers. I had them picked up being high. I almost had them winning the division in my preseason picks, and they just totally went the other way, and it was so bad that Frank Reich got fired. And right now, the Panthers have a huge issue on their hands because they traded up to get Bryce Young, and they're going to have to watch the Bears in a couple of – I'm guessing the Bears at this point – in a couple of of weeks and months, uh, you know, use their pick to pick another probably future uh, good player to play for their team. And so that's probably how they could have gone for both wins. And that's how it could be if the Broncos decide to move on from Russell Wilson and get a new quarterback. So it can either go the, the, the D'Amico Ryan's route or it can go the Frank Reich slash, I can't think of the current coach for the Panthers uh, route. And I really do hope that we go more towards the left where we see signs of improvement versus the right. Because like you said, the Broncos have spent a lot of money. They have spent so much money on quarterback and head coaching hire and every time you see issues like these and it doesn't look like nobody has a solution and it's kind of like and Broncos fans uh, uh, feel like we're just getting the runaround, you know? 
Yeah, I just hope Sean Payton has the patience for a rookie quarterback because you look at how it went with Russ last year, which, by the way, this seems a little bit harsh, but I feel like Russ did play and operate as a rookie at times during this last year. For being Mm -hmm. honest, just like his vision of the field, pocket presence reminded me a lot of like rookie third round picks, to be honest. Like that might sound sound harsh, but it's just the way it looked like on on film and enduring games. I'm just being honest. Like if Sean Payton screamed at him on the sideline multiple times and got fed up with him and benched him, on week 16, week 17, how would it go with a rookie? Like, mm-hmm. I, I think um, one of our next episodes, we're going to be breaking down the top six quarterbacks in the draft and who we kind of prefer. But um, I, I don't know which quarterback. The next quarterback is going to need to have these three things. They're going to need to be very intelligent. They need to be highly experienced. Ready, they, they have to have a lot of college experience. So they come in and they already have a good underse- understanding of how to read defenses and keep your eyes downfield and not panic under pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, and number three, they have to be—they have to be a great operator inside the pocket. And if they can't be that, and they struggle with pressure inside the pocket, Sean Payton will lose his cool pretty quickly. And we—we we, we know that Sean Payton's that kind of guy. Um, so in that sense, I do fear that a little bit. But uh, just to me, I understand Sean Payton is a veteran coach and everything. But I don't see why not. We can embrace youth a little bit to uh, get into the playoffs, like we see these other teams do. Like I, I just don't know if uh, I hear a lot of people always say you need a young coach to take on a rebuild. I don't necessarily think the Broncos need to absolutely rebuild the entire roster. We just need to, and we're going to, like I said, it's inevitable. We, we're going to have to move on from a lot of veterans. So at this point, Sean Payton with a young roster and whichever quarterback he prefers, I'm confident that he can take this team from eight to maybe nine or 10 wins. You know, I, I hope I'm not jumping points, uh, but if it's okay with you, I'd like to talk about Russell Wilson. Uh, I I think that the Broncos should stay with him. Just for the simple fact that uh, I've stated on my podcast before that this is the this is the bed that the Broncos made in, and they have to lay in it. You know. Now, granted, I like Russell Wilson. I'm not like the biggest Russell Wilson fan per se. Yes, I get hyped when you know we go on a winning streak and when Russell Wilson puts up highlights and stuff. But that's just that, that's that's just the Broncos player in me. You know. Uh, and I also complain when I see Russell Wilson, like you said, make rookie mistakes, you know, try to uh, force plays that aren't there or, you know, kind of try to make the, his escape from the pocket, trying to run to the sides when he really doesn't need to instead of trusting his offensive line. Yeah. Uh, and I just think that there's that money that it could be uh, or could be that will be cut and, you know, just kind of flushed down the toilet. I think, and just the whole idea of having to watch Wilson play for a different team under, you know, with Denver paying his money is just, I think that would hurt me more, uh, especially if that whatever team he decides to go to just, you know, just goes on a run because then everybody's going to be saying it's like, oh, it's the, you know, the head coaching was the problem and it wasn't Russell. And, you know, it, it, it just, it, it hurts, you know, and to your previous point about, uh, uh, Corlin Sutton, you, you know, if he does get traded, I, I'd be happy for him because it would almost be kind of like what happened with Demarius Thomas, you know, God rest his soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately for him, he didn't really go to a, uh, well, the Texans were actually playing pretty good. Uh, but, you know, there was a lot of things that happened uh, with them that failed uh, Demarius in the long run. But uh, it, it, I just think that the Broncos have to, you know, have to lay down in their, like I said, lay down in the bed and just eat. I'd rather much eat their have them eat their cost with Wilson and kind of just try to improve with whatever they can do. Uh, you know, and I get it. Sean Payton and Russell have they've had animosity, they've had their problems and such. 
but that's any head coach and quarterback. That's not going to guarantee that if the Broncos do get another quarterback, that the new QB is not going to get under Sean Payne's skin, that the QB is not going to make uh, rash decisions uh, that'll upset Broncos fans, Broncos management, the coaches, all that stuff. That's, that just comes with the territory of playing in the NFL. So, and I think that that money could be, you know, rather used elsewhere. If there's certain players are willing to restructure and, you know, try to help make the team better. And, you know, cause last year in free agency, there's a lot of hit and misses, but the Broncos actually went out there and they spent money, which is something that we, during the John Elway era regime, I should say, uh, he didn't really do because John Elway was a pretty cheap guy and he really didn't want to break out the bank unless it was absolutely necessary. Like after whether the Broncos won the Super Bowl and they uh, spent a lot of money on Von Miller. So uh, I would like to see a free agency draft like that again. But if the Broncos do become sellers for Russell Wilson, then it's going to be like, okay, well, we're, they're really not going to be able to make much of a splash. Like you said, they're going to have to cut veteran players and try to minimize the damage that the that that uh, that the Russell Wilson contract would have on the books for the next two years and try to build off uh, from the draft. Yeah, even if they do keep Russ, though, they're twenty million. They're over twenty million over the cap limit. Yeah, so that's, that's true. <laughs> they're still going to have to get rid of somebody. But Aiden, thank you so much for uh, being on today's show, man. It was a good uh, conversation with you. All things thank Broncos, you, you. potential rebuild, the quarterback position, and then obviously Jim Harbaugh joining the AFC West. Uh, you want to go ahead and uh, plug your socials uh, before we go ahead and wrap up the, wrap things up. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter slash X at a six foot ten Mexican. I'm also joining the Orange and Blue Network. Uh, Broncos talk will be going live just like uh, uh, you, uh, just like I was before. Uh, so please make sure you follow uh, the Orange and Blue Network on there on uh, social media as well. They're also on Twitter and actually so get live notifications of when uh, Broncos talk goes live in the near future. Awesome, man. I'll be looking forward to it. Uh, with that being said, please, if you're listening on YouTube to the Broncos Avenue podcast, like the video, subscribe to the channel, comment down below. What do you guys think about the whole rebuild, embracing youth uh, talk? Please let us know in the comments. Your feedback is greatly appreciated. If you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star rating, turn notifications on so you never miss an episode. With that being said, I'm your host, Amir Farrow, with today's guest, Aiden Diaz. To the next one, peace out, everybody.